Do you realize we've used this table so much for alcohol? We've got alcohol stains on it. Does it bother you? That's great. Cheers. Are you okay with that? I'm good. I am. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Not to make light of our next subject, but... <laughs> soon, soon, soon. And everybody's getting in the mood. Everyone's getting in the mood. So I wanted to talk about... Um, I went on Netflix and saw that they had um, you know, a new show about serial killer uh, and Jeffrey Dahmer. And then as I was watching that, all of a sudden in my feed came up, you might also want to watch... Uh, you know, a series about John Wayne Gacy, another serial killer. And then I thought, yeah, actually, I can't really remember what that was about. And then after that came up another one. Ted Bundy is apparently the, the tapes that they made of him. They have all of these serial killer, you know, um, shows, you know, miniseries on Netflix. And Dahmer is, I think, the newest, and it's number one right now. Incredible fascination with serial killers. Yeah. yeah. All the way back to Jack the Ripper, who people still And you can about. take a tour in London. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we have our Canadian serial killers as well. No, we do. And yeah, this is not do. this is not to make light of the subject. It's f***ing bad. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get thinking, um, you know, because one of the big criticisms is that these types of shows tend to glorify the killer. Yeah. Give them what they want. Give them fame. And and it re-traumatizes the families of the, the people who were murdered. No doubt. It absolutely does. Um, so they were looking to see if they could, you know, take a new approach and, and, you know, if they're going to have to keep, if they feel compelled to tell these stories, can they do it in a way that's more sympathetic to the victims? Some are deemed more successful than others. The only reason to tell these stories over and over and do it in documentaries or whatever media film format they want to do it is to get viewing. Well, yeah, Essentially, because It's not to be sensitive yeah, yeah. to the victim's families. If they yeah. did, you wouldn't report on it or sure. do a documentary or do it at all. And I, all I'm know. split. I mean, I, I'm fascinated with the psychology because, okay, here's my understanding of why people want to know about these things over and over and over again. And it comes from uh, an anthropologist, psychologist who was multidisciplined, Ernest Becker, um, in, in a book called Escape from Evil, from Escape from Evil, which I recommend everybody read, said that the human dilemma comes down to two things. You need to feel like a person of value in a world of meaning. And whenever there's something that uh, threatens your stability, because we all know, we can say we're not afraid of death, but we all know that we could die anytime, unpredictably, for no good reason. And so if we didn't have constructs to try and deal with that terror, that we would be quivering little bits of jelly on the floor. And there's some empirical evidence to support that. So I think serial killers, it's not just one thing that was maybe motivated by an inheritance or some other understandable thing. Serial killers generally are not understandable. And they get away with it for a long time. And there's multiple victims. So I think that's part of it. Is there's a pathological yeah. element and it has, a, you know, a personality disorder element to it. Right. They want to know why, so then they could feel like they're safe from the why. That's what I think. Because, you know, a, 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 as human beings, we're imperfect. And some are cast through either genetics, <laughs> yeah. with a combination of genetics or upbringing, you know, nature versus nurture, to lack the growth of the you know, um, important elements of empathy and other things, and then get driven towards pathological evil. It's it just 
it just happens. But you know, we're a very complex species, which is bent on destruction with all due respect. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see it happening out yesterday, today, and all sorts of things. I'm not gonna get into politics, but you know, we're a very complex, destructive species. Sadly so. Escape from Evil, his, his mission at the time was, and unfortunately it was published posthumously, he passed away quite early from cancer, but he didn't even want it published because he found it so depressing. Yeah. Looking into this, why do people commit evil acts? But it's, we had a discussion recently actually about, you know, because everybody always wants to know in cases if a witness is lying, why would they lie? And, and I ended yeah. up saying, you know what? Yeah. Why? I've known some pathological liars and they don't know why they lied. Like, I've actually had somebody say to me, I don't know why I just said that. And, you know, it, it was like, because they're a compulsive or pathological People liar. lie all the time. Yeah. We are faced with lies and falsities every single day in our existence. Mm -hmm. Everything. And it comes to buying products. Oh, my God. I could go on at length. I mean, it's we are not an integrous society with all due respect. Boy, I'm going to. I can get a lot of blowback for that, but no, it's not we are not an integrous society. It's not just lying, though. It's also um, a failure to recognize when your mind has just uh, filled in the blanks and created and you misremember things. Uh, you know, that's... You conflate you conflate things. And you relate it to what you think is there. That's exactly I've also yeah. read before to say that human beings are uh, impressively bad at understanding their own motives. And so oh, yeah, I would good. think, you know, when you have these things of tapes of especially vain serial killers who want to be remembered for something, they're, they've got limited time left because they, they were all on death row, limited time left to set a legacy. So, I, you know, I don't even know how much you can actually rely on their own self-account of what they were motivated by because they're trying to become a legend in some way. So I, that's something to keep in mind. But... I was watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. I, I got really actually kind of disturbed because the, his his acts got pretty intensely gross. <clears throat> but one horrific. of the absolutely yeah. unequivocally evil and horrific. So one of the concerns with him was that uh, he targeted homosexual males, um, yeah. and he says that he had a certain body type. A number of the um, the the men that he killed had a, you know were racialized, or um, you know had uh, you know things about them that people said caused them to get less attention in terms of their disappearances which at that time might have avoided detection by 70s. police right yeah. because they would not pay attention to them he went to bathhouses he was originally just drugging people and then um he, he liked to have them being incapable of moving or whatever he just so he could do whatever he wanted and then that evolved eventually into mutilating and killing them but uh, one of the craziest aspects was that he was storing body parts in his home and there was some complaints about smells coming from his apartment and so on. He had a vat full of body parts that were, um, you know, being reduced to, to bone and he had torsos stored in his fridge and things. And so one of the most bizarre aspects was that he said... If why are we talking about this? I'm getting creeped out right now. I know. Yeah. It, it, this is, well, we're talking about why people are fascinated and, and how much detail, like, is required, but... Um, one of the things that happened uh, was that he had a 14-year-old boy that he was experimenting with. Unbelievable. Had a hole drilled in his head. I, I won't get into the details of what he did. Please don't. The kid ended up outside of the apartment. Yeah. And, the building. 
and uh, police were called. And then he arrived home and saw the situation and said, oh, this is my partner. Nobody questioned the age difference. And if I'm correct, the people who reported it were black. Yeah. And the police dismissed them. Yeah. And uh, as soon as they heard, this is my partner, they could see they were both male. He goes, we had a fight. And so he's just upset with me right now. And they said, you know what, just take take it inside and, and deal with it yourself. So that was an opportunity. And there were multiple opportunities for him to have been apprehended that well, he got it away It goes with. to show that, you know, in, 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 in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, how... In the you know, 2000s. You know, yeah. MacArthur. MacArthur here in Canada, how stereotypes, discrimination have factored into policing, apprehension, investigation, um, and has played a role in letting things go when they should have been more, uh, you know, acute to these issues. Well, what's amazing about that case is, you know, Toronto's a pretty big city uh, and a fairly progressive police force. You know, they're... No, it's true. We do. Yeah. You know, and there have been openly, you know, uh, openly gay and lesbian officers. They participate in pride events, community outreach and all of that stuff. And yet it kind of demonstrates that that community was still underserved. Uh, in terms of taking, you know, because people were reporting, miss, you know, their friends missing and things of that nature. And, um, you know, that community was, was underserved. And so we're not talking about the 80s in Milwaukee and, you know, kind of uh, a redneck uh, type area. We're talking about... No, and we see this with Indigenous victims, too. But and, there is a difference, too. Like, yes. the Dahmer case, he was eventually caught because one of the guys he tried to murder... Uh, managed to escape with the handcuffs still on him and found police and immediately but, got but, attention. But at the end of his his horrific, evil serial career, he wanted to get caught. Yeah, well, when they went in... He purposely in, was sloppy. When they went in, he had, like, a, they opened a drawer and they found all these Polaroids that he'd taken of himself mutilating all the corpses and so on, so... No, but, but, I, think, but I think within that documentary, you get the distinct impression that he was trying to get caught towards the end of his he was setting up an altar he had all these skulls and everything and like he had actual full human skeletons that he was he, he actually did a drawing for them of what his altar would have looked like if they'd shown up a little bit later because he was going for like a certain number of, of skulls but in toronto if i remember correctly they ended up catching him because somebody went into the apartment and he was under surveillance and they made a call to go in because they thought somebody's life was in danger and they were right so there was a little bit more yeah, proactiveness no. in terms of the Toronto case. Well, the MacArthur case, there is specifically one issue where a victim who was sexually assaulted by him went into police, gave a statement, was interviewed, and said he was sexually assaulted. And MacArthur was brought in for an interview and then released. Mm-hmm. Pause. But when somebody went in... No, no, no. MacArthur was brought in to be interviewed based upon that complaint and then released. It's already been, you know, investigated by the police service and it's been looked at. Yeah. I mean, you know, so there is a complete failure to pay attention to a victimization of a man by another man. And it's dismissed and they brought him in and he interviewed him. Look, we're not doing this to be critical. I I think really what we wanted to talk about here is really just the motivation and the evilness that exists and, 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 you know, where we are with. And they need to understand it. Bad shit happens like this, and there there are personality disorders. There are um, 
you know, uh, again, it's it's this debate, but it, it's a personality construct that develops over time where somebody lacks the empathy and develops into somebody who is really quite evil, but can be uh, outwardly normal. You know, you've got this Paul Bernardo, the, his name escapes me, the colonel who's in custody now and, and who, was, who was a superstar yeah. uh, when it came to uh, military and politics. That was an amazing investigation available on YouTube and now, too. And a very good interview, they, the interview an extremely yeah. good interview by a, a police officer. by the end. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, we're not blaming police services, but there is, you know, there is this fascination with these serial killers where we come down to looking at people who are just inherently f***ing evil. Mm-hmm. And it exists. <clears throat> and how things escalate. Now, um, so John Wayne Gacy, that was like... And I have series. a controversial question okay. later on, but just okay. go ahead. So John Wayne Gacy also was targeting uh, young men and boys. And um, interestingly with him, he had a very high profile. Actually, to, to back up, Jeffrey Dahmer, one of the weird things about him that causes fascination is that he is actually a reasonably attractive guy. So for some reason, people think, oh, he's an attractive guy. Why would he have to kill people to get laid or something like I don't know but John Wayne Gacy not so much <laughs> he, he was actually you know very unattractive I'm not sure where the f- this f- podcast I'm not sure where this podcast is going but gone no, no, off the rails no, like subscribe share or tell us the f- off I don't know it's another thing with Ted Bundy that it's like one of the things that made him so fascinating was that he's an attractive guy and so that's one of the psychological things that people they, not they just expect, attractive they expect intelligent charismatic yeah. capable you know, like we had with, with well, Dahmer wasn't so much charismatic. He actually apparently had a lot of social trouble, but Ted Bundy not so much. Right. Yeah. Um, we'll get to him. But John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> you go, girl. John Wayne yeah. Gacy. He was um, sort of large, and he used to go around and do, he had this clown thing that he did, and he would go and do charities at children's hospitals and so on. And he put himself out as a very he was kind of narcissistic, and so he used to brag about all, all of his political yeah. All of his political affiliations, all, all that he had connections with the police and everything. And the reason he came under scrutiny was because the um, the the last uh, young man that he that he uh, interfered with, that he kidnapped and, and ultimately killed, was seen in his presence right before he disappeared. So it bought, brought the spotlight on him. And as it turns out, he had a conviction for buggery, which in Canada is not a crime that exists anymore, but it's, that's what it was called back in the day. So then they're just like, how does this prominent political figure have this conviction? And nobody knew about it. And they started following him. And then he figured it out quickly and then tried to take action against him. And so then they just started openly following him, saying, hey, good morning. Where are we going today? And uh, so it was kind of interesting how that how that investigation evolved. But um, then they uh, ultimately they ended up getting enough evidence to get a warrant and then when he was in custody, he said, have you gone into the crawl space? And once they, once he found out they'd been in the crawl space, then he knew it was over. And he started confessing to stuff because he had like 36 bodies buried in this crawl space. Not going to lie to you. I don't watch any of those documentaries. Me too. Right. Yeah. But, um, and that one, I mean, I, I mean, I think there was like... I know who does. Yeah. No, well, a, I mean, Netflix is recommending them, right? And and I do have an interest in the psychology. It's also called... I, I was special. watching Criminal Minds for a long time, and I thought that you could actually, like, there's a science to understanding, you know, um, criminal minds like that. But but you do kind of want to know, like, how did things yeah. progress? So, well, somebody wrote a book once about dangerous offenders. Yeah, I don't know who did that. <laughs> The most cited book on dangerous offenders. Yeah, so far um, we'll see. So, 
you know, he he was actually not caught by somebody surviving and reporting and bringing attention to him or whatever. He was caught because he was just simply the last person seen in the, in the kid's presence. And the kid was of such good character that he would never go somewhere without telling anybody what was going on. And so um, there, there was a clear connection. Because I think that's another point, too, is like people want to know, how do you get these people caught? Well, they f*** up eventually. Yeah. You know, are these... And some of them in reality, is it this sensational? Or it, is the evidence in a, in a crime, a serial killer crime or whatever, is it more blatant? Well, this is pretty blatant. They found, like, multiple bodies. Look, you know, with a lot of these, we're talking about a different point in time for the evolution of investigation. Exactly. Okay? We are in a much more sophisticated era with police capabilities, investigation, sharing of information, and analysis. We're in a different era. Um, so I think back with these particular ones in the United States, it was more uh, in development. And there wasn't the same sharing and sophistication. DNA. Much larger population, DNA, all that stuff was at, at infancy. You know, in Canada with MacArthur, again, coming to an understanding about how we deal with populations in Canada, not having discriminatory policies, whether real or perceived about how we deal with populations, the gay community, the indigenous community, we, everybody needs protection. Sex workers. Sex workers, everybody needs yeah. protection. Everybody needs the utmost of attention yeah. to investigation and apprehension of wrongdoing, period. So I think everything has evolved. What's interesting to think about, though, is what's the fascination with this? Mm -hmm. Well, I think Ernest Becker kind of nails it. It's just like if there's something out there that causes you to think or remember that you can actually die at any point unpredictably for no fault of your own, then it causes people to become fascinated with it because it's a problem that they have I to I think solve. people are just fascinated by the macabre. I just think that's that, that 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 I think that's it. But like here, I said, I stopped watching when I got into the really grisly aspect. I can't. I can't. You know, as a you know, regardless of whether I'm a defense lawyer, or whatever, I I I can't watch. Why well, don't want to be on a murder trial? I don't. I don't like the grisly stuff. No, no, no. We have a right to defend. Yeah. I, oh, hold on. We defend people. No, and but some I don't of our clients. See what happened to people, though? <laughs> no, no. But that's not the point of defending a murder case. Correct. That's for our system to work. That's for any rule of law and a democratic system and a, a criminal justice system to work. Everybody must get a vigorous defense, period. Regardless, and as defense lawyers, we defend cases, period. We should not choose. We defend people, and that's our job, period. Right. And, and we have to be mindful of, of the impact on us, but forget it. That's our job. And sometimes you got to go through... <clears throat> Autopsy photos, speak to pathologists, do all of those sorts of things. It's not pleasant. It has to be done. Mm -hmm. Because the system. Well, that's must respect be for victims, too, is just that, like, regardless of whether um, your client is actually guilty of the murder or not, there's a person who suffered. So 100%. that's the part. But it may not be I our client, it may right. be other circumstances. That's, that's the part I don't want to be involved in a murder case with. Okay, so we won't include died. you in that. Let, let's not talk about right. that. But, but the reality is. <laughs> let's like not, a good deal let's to be me. very careful about this. It doesn't. Yeah. Just like we defend people charged with sexual assault, mm -hmm. people who are accused of murder can be innocent. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So it's just let's I don't be want very, to see yeah. the photos. Okay, let's stop there, please. Because. 
that doesn't make a difference about how you have to defend people, okay? But let's talk about something else. Okay. Here's my controversial question. Uh-oh. Let's say we have situations of multiple murders. An accused has been convicted of multiple murders. Our Supreme Court of Canada has recently decided that the, uh, that the legislation put in place by the conservative government that consecutive life sentences could be granted for multiple homicides was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Good decision or bad? Well, good. Uh, I agree. But, but illusory. I agree. Because the reality is people who have committed multiple offenses, multiple murders, murders, will not get parole. That's just realistically, unfortunately, that's, or fortunately, I should say. So, um, you know, when the Supreme Court says, look, um, life is life, um, and we shouldn't take away the faint hope of parole. Is that in line with international human rights legislation? Correct, it is. It's absolutely keeping it. Pause, talk about this is This is actually not the like sensational stuff. This is actually important because we, we do have this decision in Canada, which was unanimous, unanimous decision by the Supreme Court of Canada, that it's unconstitutional to stack consecutive life sentences. And I went on... Uh, radio trying to talk about this and f-ing TV and I got like hatred emails and I'm like life is life if it's multiple homicides they're not getting parole let's like, compare it's a- for a second though look at the sentences that we see coming from the states like, yeah they, but that's they a joke that's well, a well, joke. well it doesn't deter murder to hundreds uh, of years yeah 275 yeah. and somebody's going to convict multiple murders they're going to like oh, oh hang on oh shit. so like what's the I purpose I can get 150 years oh, no. I'm not going to do it. Well, the, the the purpose is, you know, the purpose of stacking up all those sentences in the United States. So it's States, not deterrence. It's not deterrence. It is denunciation. Okay. Yeah, I agree which, with that. Which, you know, is part of our sentencing procedure and principle, which is just a matter of pure denunciation that is sometimes an offense is not to deter people. It's not to rehabilitate. It is to demonstrate how reprehensible our society feels about a particular crime. Let's talk about that for a minute then. That's legitimate. Supreme Court and Parliament certainly says so because that's... Well, Parliament says it is. And also the Supreme Court has said repeatedly that it is both a legislated obligation. You know, when when a judge is passing sentence... There are a variety of factors that Parliament has said you must take into consideration. And part of that, one of the factors, is denunciation. The Supreme Court, even, you know, for for ages now, has said denunciation is a legitimate reason for a sentence. 100%. Part of a sentence, it goes into the mix. Yeah. So it, it, it is something. So regardless... You know, and I guess probably the most um, meaningful um, <coughs> case of recent from the Supreme Court was Friesen on the issue, which is sexual assaults involving children, regardless of rehabilitation, regardless of uh, put aside the issue about uh, protection of the public, um, you know, specific deterrence. 
courts need to focus on denunciation, just saying this is wrong, and your sentence should reflect that. So that is a legitimate, and that's, you know, in the United States, they do it. They do it to a farcical degree. It's a complete and utter joke. And, but however, it also trickles down to people receiving ridiculous sentences for other offenses. So, you know, a sexual assault, very serious. 120 years, come on. You know, let's let's put it within context. I have a controversial question. Just okay. to follow Good. up on Good, rock this. on. All right. It's a very controversial question. And, you know, given this is kind of our Halloween-themed thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, Not to take so away from the series of, of what we're talking about. All of, no, all of, all of the cases that were are being promoted on Netflix series and so on, they all ended up being uh, executed. So what are the thoughts on Canada? Not all of them. No, they did. Well, what about uh, Don't F with the Cat? That's a Canadian one. No, I'm talking about the three that I mentioned. Oh, so, yeah. Sorry, so Dahmer, Gacy, <coughs> yeah. and uh, and Ted Bundy, they were all executed. Canada got rid of the death penalty, but apparently more than 50% of Canadians wish to see it come back in. Great issue. They still have it down. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on the death penalty? That's a great issue for us. I, I, I like that issue. Good one to debate. No, no death penalty. No. No. I was shocked to find out that over 50% of Canadians still want to have the death penalty. I, I actually not. found that very disturbing. I'm not. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not either. No, but they do polls, and over 50% actually. No, I, yeah, I, I no, get no. it. I, mean, I get it. Yeah. Get but it. we're not surprised that the majority of Canadians. Me. So why? Why Why would they? Do you think it's because of the sensationalization of cases like these? No, no because, because people it, think that people should be put to death. State shan- what's the biggest state, reason? What's the biggest state, reason not to support state it? State-sanctioned murder is appropriate in the face of a horrific crime, yeah. and I agree. I say no. Civil society doesn't do that. What's the best reason not to Lock support it? Lock them in a it? cell for fifty years or sixty years. They're not going to get parole if they don't have stacked sentences. They're not going to get it. The, the, Let them sit in a cell for twenty-three the, hours a day. The, we know there the, are one, wrongful convictions. One, you know. One well, you can undo a murder, uh, uh, an execution, can't you? One is one is wrongful convictions, and two is you can pull the shit give out of there. the power to the state to kill people is too much power for the state. State sanctioned murder yeah. is wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. It's unlawful. It's wrong. It's inhumane. It's immoral, and we should not. It's immoral. We should not go down that road. Okay, yeah. we've exhausted sure. this topic. Exactly. Thank you, guys. Like, share, Go watch subscribe. Netflix and tell us whether or not you agree with our assessment. Yeah, look, I don't know. This is an interesting, <laughs> it, this is, you know, a well, bit off topic for it. us, but like, yeah. let us know what you think. Like, share, subscribe, and give us comments. Send us emails. We want to hear what send you have to say. Him emails. Thank you. Yeah, Chris. don't don't send them to Chris. You know, Christopher at nrlawyers.com. Oh, don't do Christopher dare at that. N- he hasn't <laughs> responded to my email, so just you send him emails. <laughs> Good night. Night. night.